0: Once again, welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you are joining us.
1: Yes, good morning.
0: Ooh, I'm Ben.
1: My name is Mel. Good morning.
0: And we want to just let you know what we have available for here Here for those of you who are visiting us. Uh, some of you, this may be your first time here, and if that's you, we want to say welcome. For some of you, this might be your first time back. You know we went through a season, and if that's you, we want to say welcome home. Yeah, and we also want to greet those of you online. Good morning. Yeah. And so we want to let you know what we have available for you here on our campus and so go ahead. Yeah. yeah, we have our prayer room. We have our
1: nursery to two years old. Baby yes. to two. Yeah, baby to two. We have our children's ministry all the way to high school across the wing there. And through these double doors, we have our fellowship hall. And in our fellowship hall, we have breakfast for purchase. Yeah, from the kitchen. We, we have, have our
0: well. Yeah, we have the well where you can buy smoothies, acai bowls, other snacks and goodies after service. And then we also have our resource center that has Bibles. Books and journals and other things to help you in your relationship with the Lord. And then we know that some of you might be going, "Wait, where's the restrooms?" So the restrooms are also in the fellowship hall. So you can. Uh, there's a lot of things happening in there. In there the fellowship is. hall. Sorry. Yeah, I just want to make sure I clear that up. <laughs> and, there's a lot of things going there's a lot on of here things happening, church. Though. There's a lot going on Everywhere. here at church. Yes, yeah. there is. And it's so October, it's we're October. kicking
1: off officially our Operation Christmas Child. That's
0: right. Today is where we actually are officially kicking off Operation Christmas Child. And Operation Christmas Child is a great ministry that reaches children in uh, underprivileged countries. I don't know if that's the right. But yeah, it, it reaches kids all over. And what's amazing about it is that uh, not only do we send them a shoebox filled with trinkets and toys and goodies, but we get to share with them the good news and the, the love of Jesus. Yeah. So I know you had a challenge, though, huh? Yeah, there's a challenge. So... You can pick these up.
1: There's tables around at our information center. You can just grab a box, but since you get two hands, you may as well grab two boxes, huh? One on each hand.
0: Yeah, and we have a I challenge. Mean, we're, there we're, is a challenge. We're trying to, we're running, we We believe, I think last year we hit a little over 400 altogether. And so together this year, we want to issue a challenge where we can do over 500. think can. All the competitors here on the back of the necks yeah. is standing up right now. Challenge,
1: yeah. bro, that word.
0: Yeah, and then also you can... That word. There's also an online... Yes, you you can can build build a box box. online.
1: So if you go to our app, you can click on the Operation Christmas Child link and it'll take you right to the website where you can build a box online. Yeah.
0: And then next week, Sunday, is a special Sunday right
1: next week week Sunday is a very special Sunday next week Sunday is actually our communion Sunday right
0: we're doing communion next week Sunday and communion is also a really uh, a moment where we get to just reflect and just grow closer to Jesus and in our relationship with him so yeah so and for those online uh, if you're interested uh, you can Uh, well if those of you online um, you have your own elements at home
1: so you use juice or bread or a cracker Yeah. Um, yeah yeah
0: We want you to be a part of this, too. That's yes, why. definitely. So, yeah, so it's going to be next week, Sunday. And then, for those of you who didn't know, Wednesday nights, we have Wednesday night services. And just this past Wednesday, we kicked off our Connection series, which is our Foursquare Connection that we have every year. And we heard from Randy Remington. And who are we listening to this, this week? This week
1: is Danielle Strickland. Danielle Strickland brings some fire message. She brings a really good message. And you can only catch it live, in person, or online. We're not going to stream it on our website or on YouTube after. We're not going to upload the yeah. video, sorry. So you can only catch it live this Wednesday, 6.30. Yeah, yeah you so don't want to miss
0: it. Wednesday nights, we do have dinner available from 5.15 to 6.15. We also have our children's and youth services also during Wednesday nights. Yeah, download our app, uh, talk story with us. I think that's, is that it? Actually, that's not it because today is a special day. And for that, we're going to invite up Pastor Sheldon. Would you welcome him?
2: Yes, so today is a, it is a special day. You know, we have um, our pastors here at our church, and we have what we call ordination. And ordination is when you as a pastor are faithful in that calling of being a pastor. And what ordination also signifies is the sending or the setting apart to be used for spiritual leadership in a different capacity. And today we get to ordain, because not all pastors get ordained Uh, But we get to ordain Pastor Bunny and Pastor Cat. So I'm going to ask them to come up. Uh, Bunny, your husband, Holy, come up too. And Pastor Cat, your husband, Brandon. And we get to pray for them and ordain them. And I'll explain to you what ordination means because sometimes we go through a moment like this and we miss what it's all about and we miss the depth and importance and value of what it's all about. And you as the church, you also participate in this. That's what makes ordination what it is. But the meaning and challenge of ordination is the setting apart of a certain people, of a ministry, of spiritual leadership. So when we pray over you, God is going to do something even that much more significant than he already has. And your faithfulness has brought you to this place. Uh, For you, Brandon, and Holy, as husbands, your support to your spouses, your wives is why we're here and it's not a permissive thing like you're giving them permission because they don't ask permission anyway I know them very well they just do their thing but, but your support, your love and, and of course your prayers and your dedication to your walk with Jesus together has brought you to this place ordination is also because there are many facets of ordination but it also means to set in order it's the setting of stones that's the word that they would use kind of like a foundation that is being built it's also the installation of the priest. If you read the Old Testament, they would install the priest. They would ordain the priest for the worship and the acts of service unto the Lord. But you fast forward the tape into the New Testament, which is in the book of Acts, when the early church was being birthed, and, and apostles and disciples and the different giftings of how they would teach the word of God and being shepherds and evangelists, they would ordain for specific purposes like what we're doing today and so in acts chapter 14 verse 23 when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting they commended or set before or ordained they ordained them to the lord in whom they had believed so we believe in jesus christ so we're setting them apart for him it's not about new hope church It's not about our denomination foursquare. It is about what God is doing through the both of these women and their families and and what he's about to uh, do in their lives. Ordain also means to select by the stretching forth of the hand, which is your participation. And your agreement and prayer is what makes ordination complete. You're a part of it. That's why we're asking you to... Participate as well as doing this in front of everyone, not in private. This is all of us together as the church. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, Paul the Apostle says, I am a debtor to both Greeks and to barbarians, to both the wise and unwise. So, as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. In other words, ordination, you're being ordained and being, your ordination is a dedication to humankind. Again, it's not about the church. It's about humankind in general and all that you're, you will continue to do. And the heart behind it is that you would not be ashamed of the gospel that, but that you would preach the gospel of Jesus Christ which you have been doing And you're not ashamed at all. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, it's the sending. It's the prophet saying, this is what the Lord is asking. And he says, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And those who accept ordination, you're saying, here I am, Lord, send me. So the challenge is threefold. It is a dedication to God, a dedication to ministry, the church, and a dedication to humankind. And that's what you're saying for ordination. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, Paul the Apostle says, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. God put you in ministry. No one appointed you. Although we do this in this kind of way, it's God who called you, and no one can take that away from you. It is his calling. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood and that's Acts chapter 20 verse 28 so the call to ministry to this ordination comes from God it's purchased with his own blood he calls you and we set you apart for this work so we pray to the Lord of the Harvest, as the church, we pray to the Lord of the Harvest for more workers for His harvest, for His field, so more people can come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we maintain as a church, a healthy selection of people to prepare and to place those who preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we as the church, we remain a, a faith in God which is vital to what we're doing today to be faithful to his word and to the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. As I was praying for today, I asked God, can you just give me a word and a charge for the both of you? And so, Pastor Cat, this is what the Lord gave to me. Pastor Cat, you have been battle-tested for such a time as this. Every wound, every scar, every hurt, and every pain has been redeemed. In his power, in his strength, and in his might, you walk into every situation empowered and prepared. You are more than you think you are, and the devil knows that too. For you are his. You belong to God. The scripture that I, I, I received from God and in praying through was um, found in First Samuel where David who eventually became king of Israel he's a shepherd boy who finds himself battling with the opposing nation the Philistines and there's one giant called Goliath and he's facing him and he says some some teenage things to this Goliath but then he ends with this in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 47 He says, Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. He will give you into our hands. And that's for you. Pastor Bunny, when I was praying to the Lord, it was more than just a prayer because our foundation, our friendship goes 25 plus years. A lot of trials. Mostly from me to you, which is not fair. But when I prayed, I said, God, can you give me a word? Because I don't want my friendship to be the leading factor. I want it to be your anointing God. What does your word say? And so, Pastor Bunny, before you were born, the Spirit of God held you and was with you. He released you into this world because he loved the world just as much as he loves you. With all that you've been through, he was there with you, waiting for days like this to remind you of who you really are. The enemy trembles in your presence because God is with you, for he is your Abba. Your scripture comes out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, that you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm going to anoint you and you and Pastor Cat and, of course, your husbands. And I'm going to ask you as the church if you would stretch a hand forward because this is where ordination is complete. It's with your prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray over Pastor Bunny. We pray your ordination over her, your hand upon her, your protection, wherever she would go, and that in this life she would recognize how valuable she is to you and all of us. And so may your hand be upon her. She's set apart for you, Lord. Lord, we pray over Pastor Kat as she walks in this life with you that she will be reminded every single day how valuable she is to you that you paid the ultimate price and sacrifice for days like this but more than that for who she is in you and you love her that much. Lord, we pray over Brandon as the husband and as he walks in this life with you together with Pastor Kat that whatever comes their way they will continue to trust in you. And Lord, we pray over Holy as Pastor Bunny's husband that in their life, in their marriage, and in their family, that being the husband, it's more than the role of a husband. It's him being a man of God in who you called him to be. And so we continue to pray your blessing, hand of protection over him wherever he would go. And for all of them, Lord, we thank you for, we ordain Pastor Cat, Pastor Bunny, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we all said together, amen, amen, amen. And so on behalf of our president, Randy Remington, and the secretary of the Foursquare Gospel, um, Adam Davidson is our secretary, so I, I I forgot his name. Don't tell him I said that. But this is for you and then for you, Pastor Kat, and that's your certificate of ordination. Yeah, well done. You guys are dismissed. You may go. Can we just thank them? Yes, well done, you guys. Yeah, and thank you for participating in that. And if you're new today and you're wondering what is all this about, God does things that are beyond our own thoughts, right? If you read the Bible, it says His ways are higher than our ways His ways are far more superior, and His thoughts are not like our thoughts. Even today, we're going to talk about something that we may not have ever thought about, or maybe you've been living life, and you just kind of, whatever happens in my life, I'll just deal with it, right? We say those things, or we just say, hey, whatever comes my way, it is what it is, and I'll I'll just figure it out. But more than that, I want us to know, and we're going to get into the Word of God, that when God gives us a life to live, He also empowers us to live that life. And sometimes, yes, it can be difficult. Sometimes it'll be smooth sailing. But sometimes you'll be on the mountaintop. So how do we live this life and flow with the life that we've been given even though we go through the various seasons? And so today we're just going to talk about flow with it. Just flow with it. Because there are many things that we encounter in our life and in whatever capacity... Sometimes we'll hit an obstacle and then we call it quits. Like we're, we're just very quick at just giving up. We're, we're just quick at that. Maybe you've been hurt in the past. Maybe something happened that caused you to just like throw up the guards once one thing goes wrong. And, or maybe you made a decision and you're saying, I'm not ever going to do that again. And so now you have this mechanism that shuts down the moment something doesn't go your way. Well, how do you live in a world that when things... You can plan your life as perfect as possible, but when life hits, how are you going to flow with it? Do you just shut down, stop, quit, throw in the towel? What do you do? Because God did not call us to be quitters; He called us to be more than conquerors. Now, this is not to uh, take away from what we're feeling, or to to cause us to suppress our feelings, or not to address certain things. Our feelings are valid. What happened to us is valid. The things we've gone through is valid. But we'll encounter great moments in life and we'll celebrate with people. Whether it's graduation, wedding, or like today, ordination, we'll celebrate with people. But when we encounter low moments in life, we don't celebrate with people. Sometimes we hide it, we suppress it because we're ashamed, we're embarrassed. So we, we try our very best to put on a performance or a facade so that no one sees our hurt, our pain, and our, even our failures. So we feel judged, or worse, sometimes we feel worthless. But God provides a way for us to persevere through good times and bad times. It's called moving by His Spirit. Now that might seem foreign to us because we're wondering, like, how do we move by His Spirit? What does that even mean? It sounds too religious for me. But it is about His Spirit. So whatever comes our way, good or bad, we can flow with it, Not live in denial, not ignore it, or don't admit it when certain things happen in our lives, but to flow with it in a healthy way, and we can only do that through His Spirit in a healthy way. So I'm going to read some scripture, and I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, when I read certain scriptures, I don't hear myself. Like, it goes into a different mode. Um, When I read scripture, sometimes there's background music. Sometimes there's narration. Sometimes there's a war scene or something. So I figure, let's try something. Let's, let's, uh, I'm going to take, take you into my brain for a little bit. And some of you, this is how you read the Bible. So I'm going to read out of Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, how I hear it in my head. Then the angel who was speaking with me returned and roused me as a man who is awakened from his sleep. He said to me, What do you see? And I said, I see and beheld a lampstand of gold with its bowl on the top of it, and its seven lamps on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on the top of it. Also, two olive trees one on the right side of the bowl and the other on its left. Then I said to the angel who was speaking with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? So the angel who was speaking with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, no by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And then we're back. So that's what happens in my head. You don't need to applaud that. It's okay. It's okay. That's how I read it. So when God speaks, does he not want to awaken us? Like he, he, he awakens us because maybe we've been sleeping. Maybe we've, maybe we've supposed to be at a certain place in life and God says, you've been sleeping all this time. It's time to wake up. I want to wake you up. I want to prepare you for something. So he says, what do you see? In this case, he saw a lampstand of gold, which takes a lot of effort to make. It wasn't like a mold that they poured into and stamped it out. There were no machineries. That they could mass produce these things, they had to hammer these lampstands out. And this gold needed to be put under the hammer to shape it. It took a lot of work, effort, strength, blood, sweat, and tears. And then it had seven lamps on it with seven spouts and two olive trees by it. This is a lot of detail. Took careful thought, took incredible skill. Some of you are detailed people. Everything has to be detailed out. You print things out, you need to see the list. When you go shopping, you have a list. Someone says, "Can I get this?" He said, "Is it on the list?" No. Then no. You can't get it. Why? Because you are that detailed down to the penny of what you're going to spend. You go on a trip, you print out an itinerary, you put it in a folder, you give it to all your family members, you say, "Follow this." And just listen to me and we'll be fine. You put a plan together, for your to-do list for the day so every time you check something off it feels good you're a detailed person that's what was happening with this they were detailing out and hammering out this gold lampstand that's what he saw but God was saying wait a minute you see all of that this is what I see you're going to do that on your own strength no no it's not going to be by your strength not by your might nor by power it's going to be by my spirit because we love to hammer out our lives. We love to detail our, our lives. We love to present our lives in such a way that people see the gold lamp stand. And God says, no, it's going to be by my might, by my power, by my spirit. It doesn't matter what your life presents. If it's not by my might, by my power, or by my spirit, it will not stand. We can only flow with life the difficulties of life, the ups and downs, the, the triumphs, the victories, as well as the defeats and the failures when we're flowing with His Spirit. And maybe we've been doing it on our own. Maybe we've been using our skill, our technique to hammer out our life, our marriages, because we want respect, we want great things, we want to build a family, make money, have success. We want that. But it takes a lot of effort, work, strength, blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of detail and careful thought. And even still, we find ourselves empty. And so when God says, what do you see? Maybe we've been doing it all on our own, and maybe the word of the Lord for us today is, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So when I want to ask you this question, the first thing is, what do you see? When you look at your life, what do you see? What do you see when you take a step back and then visual out your life where you are? Now, I'm going to say this just for you personally. It's not to attack you in any way, but I want you to, in your head, okay, in your head, imagine when you were at a young age or younger, the first time you had a dream of something, of some kind, like, oh, I want it to be this. This was what I hoped to be. Just in your mind, what age was that at? And then secondly, say your age now. In your head, say your age now. Now that age, whether it was seven years old, 12, 15, or two, whatever it was, if you can remember two, would that child been able to say, at this age, that's what I thought I would be? It's not a negative. It's just, what do you see? What do you see when you look at your life? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 4 through 6, Paul the apostle is talking about these earthly bodies. Right? We try to take care of ourselves. But Paul says, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. We groan and sigh. And it's, it, 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 it almost sounds like, well, it's coming from the Bible, so, so that sounds like a religious thing, we groan and sigh. No, this is actual reality. When you sat down, you probably groaned or sighed. Right? We sit down. and say, like, oh. we groan and we sigh. In fact, we didn't even sit down anymore as we get older. Like teenagers sit down. They sit down. They just kick back. They sit down. They sit down. We fall into our chairs. Like I hope he's going to hold me up. Then we fall. We fall right into it. Because we get older. Have you ever been to the, okay, so when I was a teenager and I went to the movies and when I would leave, right, when the movie is done, Back in the day, never had no end credit scene. So they couldn't hold you capture and hostage watching all the names go by so that you can see someone's name. You left the theater. Forget the credits. But I used to think, oh, look at all these older people. They're so kind that they're letting me go first. And then as I got older, I'm like, no, I cannot move. <laughs> it's not I'm letting everybody else go animal option this is my option my leg is sleeping my back is sore I got a rock to get out of the chair I see the couch I ain't sitting on that why? too deep (laughs) I'm sitting on stools we get older we, we groan and we sigh and what Paul the apostle was saying is these earthly bodies do not last this is not our final destination guys this is not our home We're just passing through. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new clothes or our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. In other words, you know how the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians that you are a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. That newness that God puts on our life, that new life that he gives, it demolishes and desecrates and destroys our old life. It puts it to death. We have this new life that God has given to us, so we don't live the old life anymore. It's dead. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord. We're going to be here for whatever time God has us here. And then we enter into eternity, into heaven, where it's a perfect place and God has a home set for us. And it is absolutely free. Free. Jesus paid the ultimate price so so that we could be in a perfect place, so that we would have eternal life with God the Father in heaven. Free. Free. Now, to equate that, I'll, I'll liken it to this. Imagine if one day, one day, all the land in Hawaii was free for local people. It was free. Oh, hang on, hang on, before you start protesting. Imagine if that happened and they said, first come, first serve. Biggest Bratos would win, first of all, let them go. Because no sense, fight. Just take them, and unless 15 Filipinos take out one Hawaiian, maybe you get a chance but imagine that like we would we would we would do research or some of us would be like i know where i'm going already and you know where you wouldn't go it's like no i ain't going over there they they get them already like keokaha taken already No, even go keokaha they get them already they they know where they are so we let we let that go beachfront absolutely maybe you're a hunter you want to take land wherever if it was free everyone would scramble and go And that's for temporary land. Where are the scramblers for heaven? We don't scramble for heaven. And it's absolutely free. And that's for eternity. This is a blink of an eye. It's gone like a mist in the wind. So when we live this life... Whatever comes our way, we got to have eternity in mind and understanding. We don't belong here. This is not our final resting place. We have heaven to look forward to. So we're confident that God Himself has prepared us for this. Second Corinthians five seven tells us, "For we walk by faith and not by sight." Which is it's hard for us to grasp because we have senses, and so when we we encounter a certain Difficulty or circumstance a feeling comes up and it causes us to make certain decisions or to even back off but we can only flow with it when we walk by His Spirit when we walk by faith and not by sight we're not always going to see things we don't always feel things out sometimes it's His Spirit that's going to speak to us and we follow His Spirit Which comes to the second thing. Learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's a leading, there's a pulling, there's a direction, there's a strength that's given and empowerment that's given by the Holy Spirit. And you can discern it when you understand who He is, who God is, which is why being in the Word of God is so incredibly important. If I don't know God's voice, I won't understand the leading of the Holy Spirit. And my emotions will take over every once in a while and I'll think that's the Lord. But when we can hear God And we can be led by the Holy Spirit, you're gonna gonna sense that. You know, when Jesus healed, often he was moved with compassion before he brought healing. Our emotions are a part of us and are part of our relationship with God, and it's a part of our being led by the Holy Spirit. God gave us emotion. But not to be led by that constantly, it's also with the leading of the Holy Spirit in tandem with our emotion. so he gives us empathy for people to pray for, empathy for people that we can pray over when they're going through a struggle, or that we can be there for people. He gave us these emotions so that we can be led by the Holy Spirit. So First Corinthians chapter two, verses 10 through 14 tells us that God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows, the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. In other words, only you know what you're going through. And yes, we want to comfort people and say, I know exactly what you're going through. I went through the same thing and yet you're like, no, you, I, I appreciate you saying that, but we actually don't really know what someone is going through. We may have had gone through the same circumstances, but to feel what someone else feels, that's hard to do. We may feel 80% of what they're going through, but we're not able to feel everything someone is going through. So these things, now that we receive, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, in our natural human, our humanness, we can't discern the things of God because it's our flesh is taking over. Have you ever been so emotional that you don't even want to hear God? Like you don't even want God included in it or we're just in a rage of anger and we know that God might be speaking but we just don't want to hear it in that moment because we know God is true and he's right. But we can only flow with it when we're in his spirit. When the flesh takes over, it's very difficult. You know, when the church was prospering in the book of Acts, when the apostles and disciples and all the believers were birthing churches and and bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news to people, it's recorded in Acts chapter 17, verses 27 and 28, about his purpose, that his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him... We live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are, are His offspring. Best way I can um, kind of illustrate it is imagine a waterfall, right? The water is flowing, and you have a, a waterfall, and everything is flowing downstream. And in this, in this waterfall, or this ending of the waterfall when it hits the bottom... There's a river that flows And it feeds the rest of the land And so this river Of course has has other things on the side Some rocks and whatever Maybe put over here That's why I cannot play Pictionary I always lose The thing is like, you know, baseball bat I draw the whole field And we lose So if you want to win in Pictionary Do not choose me So this is the river And it's the water is flowing, fresh water flowing. Let's separate it. Put some land here, and maybe some—I don't know—bushes, trees, and shrubbery, whatever. So that when you're going down river, you're going just around the river, right on some some Pocahontas fans, yeah. So okay, gotta have background. Other trees. This is for the hunters. There, a forest over here. You can go get some bois. Okay, I might as well make a mountain in the background. Hot there, you guys, hot. I got to have clouds. Oh, too hot. Okay. So this river, sorry, maybe you have thorn bushes here. And, you know, it's downstream. Maybe you have a rock in the middle. So when water, when water flows downstream... And comes against a rock, does the water stop flowing? What does it do? Yeah, yeah, it goes right around. It just goes right around the rock. What if it hits this like these these thorns that are in this water? what does it what, is, what does the water do? Yeah, it just goes like right through it. Oh, it may sting a little because we will get hurt in life. There are things that will happen, but we just continue to flow with it and we keep going what happens when you have to make a decision sometimes we go right sometimes we go left (laughs) sometimes it's like oh smooth sailing sometimes it's rapids but we keep flowing every once in a while what may take place is some tree falls into this water and this huge log is now in the water and you got to carry that throughout your life. Continuously. And it's a burden. It, you, it could be something you did in the past. It could be some sin. It could be a mistake, a failure of some kind. And you carry that. But it's still in your past, yet you still carry it. I want to remind you of something. This part of your life and history Is actually dead. There's no life in it anymore. Zero. It just floats with you. And you're like, when am I going to get rid of that? Know this that in the process of flowing with his spirit, it's being waterlogged. It'll eventually sink, be destroyed, or just simply fall apart. It's not by might, nor by power, but it's going to be by his spirit that he's going to do that. For some of you, it's going to sink today. It's going to break apart today. And God is going to release you from that burden because you've been carrying it. It's been floating with you all these years. Another part of our past that we, only us, may recognize and maybe even the devil himself. But no one else does. Maybe a few people. Those are the rocks that are sunken below that no one else may see. All the debris that is below the surface of the water. So what do we do? We rise above it and we keep flowing. We just keep going. So that when people see your life, they don't see your past. Oh yeah, people might bring it up. But if they want to bring up your past, tell them, go. You can go visit it. It's way back there. You can go diving for it. Up to you. You got to hold your breath a long time, but... I mean I'm not even there anymore I'm no longer that person you can go visit it's up to you but I'd rather be where the water is flowing not underneath and where it's all just rocks and we can flow with his spirit for we are his offspring it's always by his spirit His purpose was for the nations to seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him, though He is not far from any one of us. For in Him we move and live and exist, for we are His offspring. We're not too far from God. In in fact, if you feel distant from God, guess who moved? It wasn't God. He never leaves us. He doesn't forsake us. And if we're the ones that moved from God, it's just one step back to come near to Him. So as the book of Micah continues, in Micah chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, the Lord gave this message to Micah of Moresheth during the years when Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. The visions he saw concerning both Samaria and Jerusalem. Attention, let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and everything in it hear. The sovereign Lord is making accusations against you. The Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. He leaves his throne in heaven and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. And we're back. Sounds pretty devastating, right? That this is what the Lord is doing, that he's making accusations against you. But notice that when the Lord leaves his throne in heaven, and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. Listen, you and I will encounter some crazy hills, some crazy boulders, some thorn bushes, some, some, some rocks, and some very difficult times. But we don't stop there. Why? Because the Lord himself will cause it to melt like wax, like water pouring down a hill. And that would just be a part of your story and His story of who you're becoming in Him. Our past never defines our future or our identity. God Himself does. It is not by our might or power, but by His Spirit. Now, yes, God did make His accusation. God did bring judgment. But if you read the books of Micah, Once they turned to the Lord and followed his spirit, God remained true to his promise so that by the end of the book of Micah, the flow changes. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths for the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion his word will go out from Jerusalem the Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore everyone will live in peace and prosperity enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees for there will be nothing to fear the Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise which is to every single one of us this is promise to us so, as we pray, it's not going to be by our power, our might, how well we try to design our life, how we try to hammer out our families. It's going to be by His Spirit, says the Lord. This is not us, it's not some fancy creative message being put together. It is the Lord Himself speaking directly to you, every single one of us. So I want to pray this over all of us. If you would bow your heads with me, that we would flow with it, flow with his spirit. And maybe the word of the Lord to us today is simply not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us today. With wherever we are in this river of life, whatever it looks like for us, may we flow with your spirit. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would empower every single one of us, whether we're here in person or online, that you would empower us to live the life you promised us, that whatever comes our way, we're not going to stop or quit or throw in the towel. We're going to flow with it by your spirit, not by our strength or might, but with you by your spirit. For we don't come with javelin and spear or sword. We come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the armies of God. So when we leave here today, Lord, when we're done with today, may we never forget that we are the light unto this world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. We do not light our lamps put it under a basket but on a lampstand for everyone to see so that everyone in the house can have light. So let us shine in such a way that people would see our good works and glorify you in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray and every single one of us said amen amen god bless you guys have a wonderful day we'll see you next week sunday or wednesday night or online god bless you guys